Welcome to the Skull Splitter Dice Podcast, a podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. Visit us at SkullsplitterDice.com for the best D&D dice in the realms. Enjoy the episode. Even though in real life you might not want to give up the benefits that society has to offer you, in Dungeons and Dragons you can do just about anything you want. And if that includes living like a hermit and going off to live in the woods and talk to the animals, which sounds more appealing by the day sometimes, hey, playing a druid might be for you. Druids are really cool. They might not be for you if you're a power player, but they definitely appeal to a certain type of person. And that person is usually the kind of type that likes to avoid the hustle and bustle of the cities, likes to talk with the animals and help save the environment, usually from whatever environmentalist allegory the DM has worked into the story. And if any of this sounds appealing to you, you'll definitely want to play a druid. And we have a whole list of tips and tricks here in order to make sure that you play the absolute best druid you can and one that is attuned to your sort of play style. Druid protection. Druids don't have any spells to help buff their allies or anything like that, but they have plenty of spells that can incapacitate their foes and can help heal their allies in combat. If your party is faced with a big monster, for instance, cast Entangle and they'll have to roll against a strength saving throw in order to get out of a 20 foot radius of vines and plants. Even if the monster succeeds in a saving throw, it still turns the terrain into rough terrain, which will probably give you the edge if you and your party decide to book it. Another more obvious trick would be to cast Fog Cloud, which might give you another advantage in sort of uh, escaping the situation. As far as healing goes, there are definitely a few spells that'll be a little bit more helpful than situational, I would say. One of them would be Healing Word, in case someone is a little bit out of your reach, and the other would be Cure Wounds when they're in your reach. Both of these are great spells in the heat of combat. One spell that I see get used a lot is the Goodberry spell, usually after a fight, you know, when you need your food and refreshments, this allows everyone to eat afterward. If participating in the fight from the back isn't exactly your style, you probably want to partake in some druid-style combat, and for that there are definitely plenty of options. At level 1, you're able to use the Shillelagh cantrip, and this will allow you to use your spellcasting ability instead of strength when attacking. You can imbue your staff with this sort of power of nature in order to give you this ability. It only lasts for a minute, but hopefully the fight will be over by then, and if not, again, just book it. As anyone who's played a druid will tell you, the real fun starts at level 2 when you get wild shape, and this will allow you to turn into any animal of a smaller size, such as a boar or a constrictor, snake, an elk, a giant badger, and you can just rush into battle and start acting like the true wild man you've always wanted to be. Uh, you can get the mobile feat, and this will keep you from getting attacked on attacks of opportunity, so you can just keep zipping between enemies and attacking. Perhaps a more efficient way to join the front lines would be to transform into a riding horse and to allow the fighter from your group to mount you. If the fighter has the mounted combat feat, he can redirect attacks on you onto them, and if you have the sentinel feat, you'll be able to take attacks of opportunity on anyone that comes into range. Druids for Utility Druids are absolutely great for non-combat scenarios as well, simply because the sort of results that you can get from them are just limited by the player's imagination. The wild shape really does allow you to just take advantage of the situation and really get creative. You can change into any small animal you can. I see a lot of bats, rats, and things that can crawl like weasels and just really innocuous animals a lot. This allows you to roleplay a lot more than you normally would. You can do things like charm the guard dogs with animal friendship, or if you want to get information out of a more intelligent animal, you can do speak with animals. 
And even if your target is humanoid, for instance, you still have Charm Person, which can get you out of a few jams. The Healing Spirit spell was introduced in Xanathar's Guide to Everything, and this really bumps up your ability to heal outside of combat. The best way to do this is to just have everyone kind of just line up and just focus this onto them one at a time. When playing a druid, definitely maximize your wisdom stat. This will up your effectiveness of all of your druid spells. Druids do not believe in wearing metal armor, including chainmail and plate, so your dexterity AC modifier is really more important than it is to most people. If you are planning on wearing light armor, dexterity will be your second most important attribute. If you're planning on wearing medium hide armor instead, your dex modifier will max out around plus two, so 14 or 15. So in this case, you may want to use ability rolls higher than 15 for something other than dexterity. While it's certainly a lower priority than wisdom or dexterity, constitution is still something very useful for a druid. Having a high constitution will help prevent you from losing concentration while casting spells, and this will happen to you more times than you think when you are casting a spell and then suddenly something happens and a party member is not able to protect you, even though that's their job. However, if you expect to be charming animals frequently, definitely put some priority into your charisma stat. Intelligence and strength are hardly useful for a druid, so you'll definitely want to just put all of your lowest rolled stats into these. As far as weapons are concerned, you can use things like slings, spears, darts, daggers, and of course, stabs. But when you have the shillelagh uh, cantrip, it's really hard to recommend anything other than a staff. Xanathar's class updates. Circle of Dreams. Circle of Dreams is an interesting mix. You gain a really strong healing power, a teleport ability, and this very strange tiny hut ability, and it's all flavored around dreams and fey magic. And the healing ability alone, though, is honestly enough to warrant getting this. And if you want your druid to have both healing mobility and some oddly strange utility, yeah, I'd recommend this one. Circle of the Shepherd. This is the Summoner Druid. Every ability they gain either uh, summons a spirit or augments and buffs the normal Druid's summoning abilities. And considering the kind of things you can potentially summon, this circle can get pretty absurd. The special spirit you can summon is basically a massive party buff, and the type of critters you're able to summon can really gum up the board. So if the idea of playing a summoner that can bring a fleet of pixies and a magic bear into the fray sounds like your type of playstyle, yeah, definitely grab this option. The bottom line is that druids are awesome jack-of-all-trades characters. As if turning into animals wasn't cool enough, you also have a bunch of other role-playing abilities like being able to talk to animals, being able to charm them, and you also have some great combat abilities that range from healing at the back of the party and joining the front lines and really utilizing your teamwork. So if any of this sounds great to you, I recommend playing a druid. I've been Patrick Ferguson with Skull Splitter Dice, and I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.